from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to Hump Day, Locked On Chiefs style. Appreciate you guys being with us. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and uh, we're going to have an announcement about Rogue Analytics and our newest partner next show tomorrow. Uh, we've got some great stuff coming up for you this week. Paige Demicos from FanRake Sports is going to be with us. Uh, we're looking to get a recording done here real soon uh, with another draft analyst. We'll likely be out early next week. Uh, we were supposed to talk to Matt Miller of Bleacher Report today, uh, but Matt's schedule is a little bit hectic, so we bumped that. Uh, we'll hope to circle back with him when his schedule calms down a little bit pre-draft. Uh, that's still the goal, and we will let you know. Today, we're going to talk about changing draft priorities, what the Chiefs have done to this point, and what they need to do now, what that draft's going to look like, and what the options are going to be at some positions that we haven't really spoken about yet. So we're going to look at that in terms of priority and particularly looking at draft 54, the 54th pick overall where the Chiefs have to make a play that may, a, a selection that makes impact. Uh, so we're going to get to that in a minute. There's a little bit of news we're going to go over. So why don't we start there? First and foremost, uh, you know, just on a local note, Tariq Hill's getting a lot of play from the national media, um, getting things on uh, on on EA. Uh, evidently, he's going to have a 99 in Madden this year, and I think that's kind of impressive. Uh, NFL Films is doing some work with him as well, so uh, keep an eye out for some of the uh, expanded video and background on Tariq Hill uh, that we should start seeing here pretty soon. Uh, usually when they start to leak it and let you know that it's out there, you start to see it pretty soon. Uh, the Chiefs made an acquisition on Tuesday, and it's it's really interesting. Uh, Robert Golden, formerly of the Steelers, uh, was signed. Don't have contract details uh, as we record this right now. Uh, but our old friend John Ledyard uh, of NFL Draft uh, Show over on Locked On Network, he is the host, uh, also a big Steelers guy, uh, and says that, that Robert Golden equates to a special teams ace. And I think that's exactly what the Chiefs are looking for. Uh, another guy uh, to generally fill out the philosophy, which we're going to talk about here in a couple of minutes, uh, to, to fit in and get some work done. Uh, I took a look at what he was able to do on the field, uh, not on special teams. And he did fill in a little bit for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2017. Ended up playing about 20% of their defensive snaps and ended up with a positive grade from PFF. Uh not a whole ton of of stats just because when you're only playing, you know, 200 snaps on defense, you're not going to rack up a whole lot. Um, but positively can play both safety positions, or at least he did for the Steelers, uh, both free and strong. And yes, he may be a special teams guy uh, specifically on purpose, and that's his primary role. But clearly he, is, he looks to be a guy. Um, that fits the mold of what we've seen in years past of Kirk Coleman and Tyvon Branch, uh, Hussein Abdullah, uh, and even more recently Ron Parker. That can he can play dual roles. Uh, both of the safety positions can come down in the box if he has to, uh, but can play outside. He's a little undersized. He's not six foot. I think he's five eleven, uh, about two hundred pounds. But he should be able to get some work done. And it's another piece, especially in that safety group that we've talked about last week. That is really. The, the spot that they need to focus on uh, getting that secondary, right? Especially with the loss of Peters, uh, a lot of things need to be shored up there. Uh, and this gives you a guy that you can tag for special teams that you can play if you need to, depending on what falls through the draft uh, and, and the subsequent changes that maybe 
other teams with draft safeties maybe let somebody go that you still feel is an upgrade over Parker. Ron Parker's still out there too, so that could always be an option as well. Um, and that brings me to what we need to talk about in terms of philosophy and what Brett Veach is doing here. And uh, clearly, two things are, are still on the table. We've talked about getting younger. And they've done that pretty much across the board. This draft is going to help them get younger still uh, in terms of like the average age on this roster. But the other thing that we're seeing is speed. Uh, and Tariq Hill is not enough. Yes, it's great to have him and his 99 and Madden, but Sammy Watkins is brought here to stretch the field as well, to give overall speed to this offense. They need that on defense too, and I think Golden's going to bring some of that. There's also going to be that need pretty much at every single level. The Chiefs like offensive linemen. They're athletic. They can get out and run. And, and if you missed our, our talk with Willie Rofe last week, Willie talked about it as well. Um, strong guys that can get out and be athletic and get out on screens and get out on poles and get downfield in space. That's speed and athleticism. And speed at that level, especially with the linemen, uh, when you can get somebody out there lead blocking at that point, that lets your backs optimize their speed. We all know that Kareem Hunt isn't you know, a blaster down the field, but he's got speed. Uh, it's not earth-shattering, but if he can get uncontested runs where he's not having to deflect a whole lot of contact, uh, you know, rather than bouncing off of players like we know he can, but that still slows down his acceleration. He can get to his optimal speed if he's got speedy linemen in front of him. So if they do make an acquisition in this uh, draft, I think – one of the positions, and we've talked about it, is at the guards. If they're going to grab a guard in, in the draft, you got to think he's going to be an athletic type. And as we get closer to the draft and we put out the draft rankings uh, and all my athletic matrix work, you, you'll see who those guys are, and we're going to highlight them pretty drastically. So uh, try to make it as easy as possible. But that's not the only thing. You know, there's there's been a lot of question lately, uh, and some that I think is founded and some that I think that really isn't about uh, Chris Conley's role in this offense. And, you know, people who don't know the Chiefs well, who are, you know, national bloggers or whatever, uh, try to roll up this concept that this Chris Conley's lost his place in the offense. No. Wrong. You clearly don't know this roster. You don't understand how this offense works. And the fact that despite Tariq's Hill obvious prowess in getting behind the defense and making an impact. He doesn't know the offense as well as Chris Conley does. In fact, nobody on this roster does with the departure of Albert Wilson. Chris Conley is the guy who's been the offense the longest knows it inside and out. He is continuing to train in his rehab with players like Eric Berry and Tariq Hill, uh, still continuing to get better. And that's because he's the guy that is in the optimal position to make changes on the fly to not just play the X like he has in the past. Um, very, very adaptable because he knows the offense so well. And that said, he can play outside. He can play in the slot. He doesn't have to have a go-to position like he has in seasons past. Yes, he was the X. That was his role. He'd come inside from time to time. Uh, I think I, I out on my timeline from last week, there's there's a nice little gif of what he can do out of the slot. Uh, and that's encouraging as well. But he's not a guy that has to be in a given position because of his knowledge of what Andy Reid wants done, what the offense calls for. And the only question that I would have is, does 
his sight reads match up with Patrick Mahomes the way they matched up with Alex Smith. Uh, you didn't see Chris Conley and Alex Smith off the page together very often. Yeah, there was a couple, especially I want to say his second season, but you didn't see it too often. That's really going to be the question is, is Mahomes making the same side adjustments that Conley is? And that's going to be where the hay is made. I, I think they will. And I think they will be pretty adept at it with Watkins manning the X and, and Andy Reeven came out and said that in his opening press conference. If you missed that, you can go back and check that out as well. It is pinned uh, up at one of the uh, chiefs PR sites. And what that does is lets a guy learn a position. Andy always wants all the receivers to know all the positions, but with a talent like Watkins, you don't want to slow down his his usefulness in, in trying to make him learn all of it before he gets on the field. He's going to get on the field as the X. He will continue to learn the other positions as they go. Uh, you're going to see Tariq in the Z. You're going to see Conley in the Z some too. Uh, where Marcus, I'm sorry, Demarcus Robinson uh, falls in is going to be interesting. But here's the thing. I don't know that they're done because that, that draft priority is speed and youth. Youth's already built into the draft because it's a draft pick. You know, you're talking 22 year old guys at the most, but speed is the defining thing. Conley has it. Watkins has it. Tariq has it. Uh, Tariq has the short area quickness to make really drastic cuts very quickly. Uh, whereas Watkins and Conley are a little bit more long striders, take a little bit longer to get up to speed. Uh, not the uh, the pivot route types, not going to be explosive laterally as much as Tariq Hill is. So if they're going to add somebody, again, you want to look at the athletic type that they're going to look at for, and you're going to see more speed and more short area quickness in this draft selection. And I'm pretty sure what we've seen from Brett Veach is telling us that he's going to be pretty targeted in what he's looking for and looking to accomplish without doing you know, going out on a limb and reaching for somebody. He's going to accomplish his, his goals of getting speed on both sides of the ball. Let's take a second, and when we come back, we'll talk about the other side of the ball and what speed's going to look like there. Now, we've talked about the need for the safeties uh, and how kind of bare the cupboard is at this point. When we look at what this draft class offers in particular, we see a lot of uh, strong safeties. There are plenty of options there that offer some athleticism that they can try to use. Uh, particularly, uh, been a lot of rumors about um, looking at the Penn State safeties. Uh, Marcus Allen's more of the free. Uh, he's he's a little more uh, range-oriented rather than, than explosion. Uh, Troy Appy's got pretty much everything. Uh, he's got great short area quickness. He's more of the strong type, uh, but he's going to be a lower day uh, selection. I, I would not be surprised if he's down somewhere uh, late third, early fourth, that kind of thing. But both the Penn State guys are going to be in play for the Chiefs because they, they can do what they need to be done in this defense. Uh, I don't know, even Marcus Allen, a lot of folks like him. I'm not 100% sold that he's a day one starter uh, over what you have in Sorensen and Murray. Could be. Just not 100% sold on that. We uh, That would be a, a camp battle in my eyes. Uh, one guy that would be, that I do want to talk about, is Justin Reed. And what Justin Reed is able to do, uh, younger brother of Eric Reed, who we've heard a lot about, um, but Justin is more the free safety type. Has 
the the short area quickness as well as the deep range to change directions. He can come down and, and cover tight ends in particular, can do some work on slot receivers, but he can play center field. Uh, and that is exactly the component that I don't feel the Chiefs have right now. Chris isn't so concerned about that, and he will be back with us tomorrow. But for me, I, I really want the, the the classic center fielder that can man sideline to sideline, uh, can watch the quarterback, and that's where the short area quickness comes into play. When you are backpedaling or even playing out of a flat-footed stance if you're single high, it's it's the ability to flow with the play a little bit, and if you have to change direction dramatically and cover to the other sideline, that's what you have to do. And, and that plays into that cut ability is your short area quickness. Can you change directions quickly when you diagnose the play? Uh, and especially for a rookie coming in, you know, eyes are going to deceive you. It, it takes some discipline to learn in this league, uh, especially with some veteran quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers in this conference, in this division that you're going to have to play twice. And that's kind of a tall order. So you want to keep an eye out for that. And I think between his athleticism and having a brother that's in the league that's got the experience uh, and can impart that on him, uh, I think that's a big plus. And, and, you know, a lot of folks kind of underride that. And, you know, I would have liked to have seen the Fuller brothers play together on this roster. I think that synergy, having a brother, I think is is an interesting way to bring a, an intensity, a, a, a rivalry as they grew up and that kind of thing to this roster and play off of that. Uh, I think having two brothers, even if they're not on the same roster, in the league still does that to some extent. Um, Justin Reed's a guy that I like the way he played at Stanford. I think he's somebody that the Chiefs can look at at 54, because that's really where they're going to be picking, and I think they're going to have availability for him there. If that's true, I don't see any reason at this point between the film and the athleticism scores that tells me he's not a guy to take right now. And I I, I think, hopefully, uh, the draft falls in a way that's going to help them with that. If not, like I said, there are other options, but he's the, the first guy that I want to look at at 54 if they truly feel that speed, and particularly speed in the secondary, is the higher priority. When you get guys on draft boards... Uh, and you start with the horizontal board, and you get per position laid out in how you like your guys uh, in terms of who's on top, who's on bottom, what the order is, then it comes down to, for a team, especially like Kansas City that's picking later, uh, that doesn't have a first-round pick at this point, to be there and you're comparing how valuable is player X versus player Z and the positions that they play to what we need to get done. And I think what you'll find is, I personally prioritize the, the pass rush a bit over the safety. I'm not so sure the team feels the same way. They may feel the exact opposite, to tell you the truth. Um, and that's something that is just specifically the coordinator, uh, the position coach, on up to Brett Veach, and how they're going to prioritize that. Are they going to put Justin Reed over a Lorenzo Carter? Uh, like we've talked about him as a pass rush option. Over... Uh, I don't know that Marcus Davenport will be there. He probably should be. I think he's a second-round talent, not a first-round talent, but I have a feeling he's going to be gone. But, you know, there's not a whole lot of options there. Uh, Obo Okoronkwo, I think, is a third-round player. Maybe he gets taken in the second. But do they put Justin Reed as a safety above those players? 
Uh, even though you're trying to, to push and pull, that's what the defense is. The secondary protects the pass rush, and the pass rush has to get some pressure on to protect the secondary. It's it's working together. And wherever they prioritize or feel that that board is better, that's what they're going to do. You know, and when I look at what Justin Reed can do, uh, twenty, what is it? Six picks, fourteen passes defensed in thirty-five ish games for the Sanford Cardinal. That's a pretty good track record at six foot one and, and two hundred and four pounds. Uh, and I think that's that's something they can use if at fifty-four he's available. I think that's somebody they take a good hard look at because he's got the speed. And he's got the short area quickness. I mean, he ran a 4-4, not to mention the leaps uh, and the change of direction. We can talk about that when uh, we have the uh, athletic matrix draft guide ready. But, again, Eric Reed, a guy that they can look at. And likewise, the other player that I want to mention is a teammate of his. Uh, he plays corner, but he's also a very good-sized player. Somebody that kind of fits the mold that we've seen this team like in the past. Uh, going to be available later on. Third day prospect could be a fourth round prospect early on the third day. But Quentin Meeks brings athleticism, and this is another where the, the intangible kind of helps his cause. Uh, another coach's kid, just like Marcus Peters, understands the game from that level and wants to play it. And I think he is a guy that again has played within that that trappings of a team. As a secondary as a whole, something that they like. Ran just under a 4-5. He's got the explosion. Uh, not quite as gifted long range, but his short area quickness is solid. He's one of those guys that when you look at his athletic profile, he's really even across it. Uh, he can do the intermediate routes. He's got some change of direction. He's got some deep range. Not really a whole weakness. A lot of folks thought he was going to run uh, real slow and not show some, some deep range there, but that's not the case in his athletic testing. And so it puts him up there in terms of athleticism with players like Josh Jackson, with players like Jair Alexander. Alexander, sorry, Jair, I'm massacring names today, evidently. But he's not a name that you hear in that group, and that's why his value probably in the third round is going to be just as good as, say, a Mike Hughes, who's not as athletic but in terms of PBUs, was right about the same. Um, and Mike Hughes is a guy that they could look at at 54. A um, little bit shorter player, but he has decent speed, right about the same speed as Meeks, to tell you the truth. Uh, he clocked in at 4.53. Uh, like I said, not quite as a change of direction oriented, but close. Not a whole lot of difference. Does he fit the team? Does he? Do you think he fits in the, in the locker room? That's... That's really what they're going to be thinking about. Uh, and he is a guy that probably doesn't make it past pick 60. If somebody really falls in love, he could go before that. But I think Mike Hughes is probably an option uh, at cornerback at 54. Uh, Meeks, I, like I said, you can get later. And those are other options. And, and there are other guys too. But when you're talking about getting team speed, that's what Brett Veach has shown us he wants to do. Uh, Alexander would be great, you know. A little bit smaller. You can put him in the in the slot. He's. I don't feel that he can really man the outside boundary corner that well. But Alexander's not going to be there at fifty four. It's just not 
going to happen. <laughs> a guy, another guy that could be is Chris Campbell uh, out of Penn State. Again, another guy uh, playing in that secondary that's got a great balance of explosion up front and range in back. Uh, can cover very well. Uh, another four or five guy, not not a burner burner. Um, but, I mean, no Denzel Ward, who I think is probably going to be the first corner off the board and, uh, at that, what, 4.32, I think it was. Uh, just just a burner guy at that point. But there are other options. There are other speed later on. Another Alabama corner in uh, Anthony Averett is probably going to be available in the third round as well. Uh, we have lots of options. And, and as we get closer to the draft, we'll go through them step by step by step. But I'm trying to point out that what we're seeing, if it's going to carry through, that speed is the thing, I mean, almost like Al Davis. If Brett Veach feels that, hey, speed kills just like Al did, uh, you're going to see those be the type of picks. Just like we always knew John Dorsey liked athletic freaks, it seems that Veach is particularly zoned in on speed this time. And in just a second, we're going to come back and talk about a couple of other positions that you wouldn't necessarily think are speed-oriented but may show some of the athleticism that the Chiefs are going to like. Now, when we think speed in the front seven, usually it's a guy coming around the edge or uh, an inside linebacker dropping into coverage or, or taking a, a back in man, that kind of thing. Um, one guy that I think is going to be available later on, and I'm sorry if I, if I misled anybody yesterday when I talked about Kylie Fitz, a guy that's got one of the best athletic profiles in this draft. Uh, I don't. I didn't mean to implement that he was a 54 guy. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be available in the third, maybe even the fourth. Um, but his athleticism shows you what he is capable of. I don't think his tape reflects that he's ready to do that right this minute. He needs some coaching. Um, and I think playing in Utah probably wasn't uh, where he was asked to be dominant either at the point attack or bending around the corner, but he's capable of doing it. And I think at that point in the draft, it's an option because the ability that he has shown, uh, his short area matrix is very, very impressive. Uh, were he selected by the Chiefs, he would have the best short area matrix on this team. Uh, we'll talk more about that in depth and what that actually means here uh, in the weeks to come, but... Uh, that's just uh, one guy. I just want to touch on him briefly. You know, a lot of guys that have been mocked to the Chiefs uh, really don't fit that profile of getting around the corner. Uh, Mata Afa, Rasheem Green, uh, all kinds of people. Tyquan Lewis, even while athletic, uh, bend around the edge is not really their forte. Um, it is. It's similar to what you see in D Ford, and that is explosive off the first step, but coming around the corner isn't how he gets home. Uh, a secondary move is something that they're going to need. They're not the Von Millers that, that dip and bend around that edge so well. Uh, so outside that edge is going to be an interesting proposal. Uh, a lot of guys that have that edge weren't as productive. Uh, we'll talk about those guys, and we've mentioned half of them already. Uh, we will get to them too. But a place you don't think about speed is up front in the trenches, in the interior defensive line. And the interesting thing about this particular group uh, in this year's draft class, is that when you compare their ability to splash gaps and attack and penetrate, uh, that's both the explosive type move as well as the short area quickness to, to cut into those those gaps. When you compare them to the current lineup on the Chiefs defensive line, including Chris Jones, there are seven guys in this draft class that have better explosion to the gap than Chris Jones does. 
and Chris Jones is the best on this team right now. So it's some interesting options, and then not all first-rounders. You're going to see uh, B.J. Hill in the second round is my thought, maybe as an option at 54. You're going to see Nathan Shepard in the third is my guess, maybe even the fourth. Again, that guy that's going to ride that line and possibly get to the third day. There's going to be options there, and I think speed up front is not something to discount. We may see that again with Brett Veach. So I just wanted to leave you with that thought. We appreciate everything you guys have been doing for us. Please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that, and it helps us out. Uh, And we have some great stuff coming for you. We will let you know, and we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.